Hello, good afternoon and welcome to the Midday News. The Midday News is live on Joy, 99.7 FM here in Accra. In Kumasi, we are on Love, 99.5 FM. Affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, we are on Volta, Premier and Ho, ATL FM in Cape Coast, Dreams FM in Bogatanga. We are live on X Spaces, we are on Facebook, we are on myjoyonline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience and also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. We are the only water store tank with the level indicator where Dura Plus goes, water always flows. This afternoon, near fisticuff in Parliament between Asin North MP Kennedy Ejepong and Botiano Amamfrum MP Sylvester Mensa. What could have led to this near showdown? Stay with me for a blow-by-blow account. Also in Parliament, Tamale South MP Harun Idrisu demands urgent action to address the severe water shortage in the Tamale metropolis. Because many of the communities have not even seen pipe-borne water in the last few years. In some areas for two years, no pipe flowing. Also this afternoon, calls for safety of journalists intensifies as latest research shows nearly 40% of experience attacks and double of that number are practicing in fear. At least some 38% of those who have been sampled have experienced attacks in the line of work. An even bigger number, nearly 70% of those sampled, said they were aware of colleagues who had experienced uh, attacks. Also, Minister of Information backs the GJA's move to take stringent measures in protecting members. If we consistently hold the police and the judicial service accountable, I know the IGP is interested, I know the Chief Justice is interested, we'll get to that point where no police command or police office play hanky-panky with these reports. Also this afternoon, females from the Savannah region are the most fertile and their counterparts in the Greater Accra region are the least fertile. Details from the Ghana Demographic Report on Fertility and Family Planning, which reviews an alarming rate of childbirth in rural areas. But what exactly is accounting for this? People who have no education, so no assignment, no workload, no burning of the midnight oil, so all activities are turned towards the other, therefore they produce more. Details as more educated people are pushing their childbirth to their 40s. Ghana is pushing to late fertility, so we are delaying our fertility of having the much bulk of us giving birth very early in the life cycle. Do stay for details. We have sports. President Akufuado commissions the Bortiman Sports Complex and declares Ghana ready to host the Africa Games. And much later, I'll take you to the KNUSD campus as administrative work and other academic activities return to normalcy after the return of two members from their industrial action. That and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am MFA Apau, and this is your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please do stay on for details. Many thanks for your company once again. Let's start from Parliament and there was a near fisticuff between Asin North MP Kennedy Ohinye Japong and his colleague Botiano Amam from MP Sylvester Mensa. And this happened on the floor of the House while proceeding was going on. It took Deputy Majority Leader Alexander Afenyo Marking to take Sylvester Mensa out of the chamber um, for some calm to return. Let me bring you the latest in terms of the blow-by-blow account on what led to this near showdown. And Parliament your first correspondent, Kweku Asante, joins us on the line. Kweku, what happened? 
MFI was only Alexander Fenyo Martin that prevented the two MPs from trading blows and they were visibly furious at each other, exchanging words. The MP for Botiano English, Amanfum, had come to leadership to say something to another emperor and was going out. And then Kennedy Japan accosted him, went to him, muttered some words to each other. And then Kennedy Japan followed the Botiano English, Amanfum MP, tried to hold his head, turn him back. The Botiano English, Amanfum MP, were not bad. He was still going out. And Kennedy Japan was still chasing him, literally exchanging words with him. It was then that the leadership of the House really knew that something bad could really happen if they did not intervene. So Alexander Fenderman got out from his chair and actually went straight to where that exchange was happening, tried to stand in between the two men and tried to calm them down. But clearly, Kennedy Japan would not listen to anybody. And he was still chasing after the Botiano English, one from MP. So the deputy majority leader decided that the best option was to walk out Slightete and ensure that Kennedy Japan will become. Kennedy Japan later returned to his seat. He was spoken to by some senior MPs. He was still extending words. In fact, some of the words he was speaking were so loud, we could hear it from the press gallery. But the Okaikwe Central MP tried to calm him down. Eventually, he calmed down and he eventually left the chamber. The information we are picking is this has to do with some money money between the two men and that Slightete will have to give Kennedy Japan some money. Kennedy Japan goes to him to ask for that amount of money and Slightete tells him that if he thinks he owes him, he should take him to court and that this is not the avenue to come and ask him for the money. And this is something that infuriated Kennedy Japan so much that he nearly threw his hands but for the intervention of the deputy majority. And I can just see Kennedy Japan's car right now. He has just taken his seat in his car and is going out of parliament. I'm sure as curious as um, you are, you must have been finding out how much money is involved here. Well, the, the source will not tell me the amount, but tells me that it's huge. And that for Kennedy Japan to go after that money and not want to let it go, want, don't want to let it sleep, means that it's something huge. It might have been money involved in the political campaign season that we've just seen, right from the flag bearership race up to the NPP parliamentary primary. But Kennedy Japan is assuring that he will definitely go after the member of parliament for Botana English amount from and get whatever is due from him. And what happened on the floor of the house is just the start of the show. But where is Sly now as we speak? Sly was walked out of the chamber. He has not returned to the floor. The deputy majority leader stayed with him for some time outside of the house. Um, later on, I saw him walk out from the where the speakership normally walks in. I tried to go to him to try and have a word with him. He would not. He would not talk to anybody. But he has not returned to the floor of the house. It is expected that he will come later on because Kennedy Japan has just driven out of Parliament. But for Slightet, it is expected that he will come in later. And we are still trying to get a word from at least leadership of the house because the sitting was still proceeding. The deputy speaker Joseph Osewusu was the one presiding. It nearly caused some melee because. The Asoka MP was on the floor making a statement, and she was a bit distracted, but they did not want what was happening to go on the record. So they actually proceeded with business as though everything was usual, but there were near fisticuffs right in the middle of the house. Well, away from that showdown, though, Kweku, what else is happening on the floor of Parliament? Well, Harold Rishi is also furious. Of course, he's not threatening to beat up anybody on the floor of the house, but he's asking government to move in immediately to restore water in Tamale. He says there's acute water shortage there, happening immediately now. Or whether through Kutamle or Pansi or Sakasaka or Sognai or Sabunjira, the problem remains the same. And our people are seen carrying what is popularly known as the Ufuo gallons in search for water. Mr. Speaker, many of the communities have not even seen pipe-borne water 
in the last few years. In some areas for two years, no pipe flowing. And many of the rural areas, such as Toto, Yapala, Zone, Antonzo, Kapaile, have to rely on dam water in order to be able to access uh, portable water. Almost all the Tamale water projects have suffered delays. And Kweku, was there a response from the sector minister? Well, the minister herself has not been in the floor. The deputy is also not around. They are all MPs, but they are not around currently. But a former deputy works and housing, the works minister, something like him, who knows a little bit in terms of how this water situation works, imploring the National Security Ministry and the Works and Housing Ministry to go there with tankers to supply the community. And just before I let you off, Kweku, really, what else is up for business um, in Parliament today? We expect that there will be some questions for the Minister for Environment, Science and Technology. There's also been a statement on girl-child education in sciences. But also we expect that there will be some formal understanding of what exactly the investigation into the SMO contract that happened in the last meeting is going to go. And also that investigation that was ordered into the Akosombo Dance Village. We expect that the Speaker will give some clear guidelines on how all that will happen. He is not currently in the chair, but we expect that he will take that in the next hour or so. That's Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante. Now let's focus on the media and the fight to keep journalists safe rages as stakeholders increase calls for a concerted effort between the Ghana Journalists Association, GJA, and law enforcement agencies to beef up protection. Recent attacks on journalists at NPP Parliamentary Primary have re- necessitated that particular call. But more pressing is the startling findings from the University of Ghana School of Communications 2023 survey revealing that a staggering 40% of of journalists are falling victim to attacks while carrying out their duties. Well, that's not all. Twice that number are living in fear as they navigate their watchdog roles in society. Senior lecturer at the communication school, Dr. Abna Enimua Yeboa Benning, expresses concern as she touches on solutions to keep the plague. After all the safety of journalists reported um, that at least some 38% of those who have been sampled uh, have experienced attacks in the line of work. Um, an even bigger number, nearly 70% of those sampled, said they were aware of colleagues who had experienced uh, attacks in the line of work. Altogether, therefore, quite a good number of the journalists sampled uh, expressed uh, feelings of um, insecurity. They, they generally felt unsafe for doing the work of uh, journalists in the country. If we remember these uh, discussions, then perhaps we would see why we are where we are. Uh, Report after report has suggested that the the rates of attacks on journalists for doing their work, uh, the rates are increasing. Well, let's hear some real stories about attacks on journalists. First, editor of ModernGhana.com, Emmanuel Ajafwa Bugri, shares his experience. So, on the day they came, in fact, I was in my office and they came. There were five people, two police officers with three national security personnel. And then uh, ordered me to stand up. So, I was so surprised that somebody could walk into your office and order you to stand. We came a bit violent and all that. The first thing they did was that they took my laptop on the index my phones and my tablets. That was the first thing they took. And they ordered me to step out. So I followed them, we stepped into the yard. Then I asked them, what is the meaning of this? Then they said, yeah, answer security officers and they asked to come and pick me for interrogation. Then I said, okay, for what? 
And they said, um, if I get there, I would know. Uh, so we, we went and it, they pushed us into a black van, covered our heads with a black bulletin bag. And I asked them why they said they were, they didn't know, want us to know where they were taking us. So in about 30 minutes, we were in the building. So once there, I was, the problem was still on, you know, wrapped around my head. It took, the, it took about 20 to 30 minutes before they came and they removed it. Now my colleague Emmanuel Ante also shares his story. Well, we'll get to hear um, that um, shortly. But the Information Minister, Kojo Ponkrumah, uh, who was a former journalist, backs the GJ's decision. Before we hear from the Information Minister, listen to Emmanuel Ante. So on that fateful day, I was assigned to go and cover some disturbances at the NPP headquarters. Then I realized that that was the time they were also demonstrating at the Obra um, uh, Circle. I got there, we were capturing, I was just taking shots of what was happening. And then all of a sudden, one of the uh, demonstrators just started pointing finger at me. We mean him no. That's in Chi. I know this guy. I know this guy. The moment he said that now, now they, they started, uh, they turned to me and then they started uh, chasing me out. And they were wielding uh, these placards and, and other things and they were just hitting me with it. I was running away. Even the other media houses, the, the Metro TV and then TV3, were also started running. For them, they had their cars close by. Well, that's uh, my colleague, Emmanuel Ante. Now, you can hear him from Information Minister Kojo Ponkrum on PM Express last night. Himself, a former journalist, is backing the GJ's decision to block politicians who attack journalists while urging the association to engage the police and the judiciary as well in getting justice for victims. I believe that if we consistently hold the police and the judicial service accountable, I know the IGP is interested, I know the Chief Justice is interested. We'll get to that point where no police command or police office can then, you know, waffle, like, you know, play, play, play hanky-panky with these reports as they come to them. So, simply put, yes, I 100% I support this as a tool. It will not be effective, but at least it will draw full attention. But what we need to do is to have some clear guidelines on when it is deployed to avoid gray areas. And then we secondly have to ensure that the officers of state who can deal with it, i.e. the police and the judicial service, are held accountable. Information Minister Kojo Oponkruma. Let me take you to the Northeast region now, where one person has been pronounced dead and eight others, including a five-year-old child, are battling for their lives at the Tamale Teaching Hospital following a robbery incident last night in Waliwali. The attack was said to have been carried out by three armed men who arrived on motorbikes and opened fire at a busy bar station near the Nalarugu Junction before targeting a mobile money vendor. Uh, well, correspondent Ilyas Utanku is following up on that for us. As and when we get him, we'll bring you details of that. But I'll take you to the Ashanti region now where administrative works and other academic activities are back in full operation on the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology campus after the Senior Staff Association of Public Universities called off its industrial action while laboratories and other teaching facilities in the school which were shut for close to two weeks were now accessible to students pursuing science-related programs for practical sessions. Well, meanwhile, the Tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana, TOGH, has also refused um, a strike despite the uh, government meeting um, some of their demands. My colleague Emmanuel Brightquiku is on campus um, at the KNUSC campus and joins us on the line uh, with updates on this. Emmanuel, we understand classes are in full session now. Tell us more. All right, so MFA, um, when you come to the KNUSC campus, um, activities regarding academic work is uh, in session. Right now, I can see some students coming out of the lecture halls. And in fact, um, the Senior Staff Association strike um, some 
workers at the laboratories, they were not working um, two weeks ago. But now, when I monitored some of the laboratories, I can see that the students are back in classroom having the practical session. That's for those reading health and science-related programs um, on campus. But with regard to the um, tertiary education workers, which comprises usually of the security and sanitation staff over here, um, I've monitored and I've seen um, the security men, some of them at post. But with regard to sanitation, when I monitor some of the lecture halls or even um, some of the colleges around, I realize um, there's a bit of a pile of garbage at some of the places. That is um, to say that these janitorial services have not been um, offered as of now. So, MFR, this is what is currently mm. happening on the KNOC campus. And you've been interacting with TOGH executives and they've refused to call off their strike just yet, right? Yes, please. Um, we've been interacting with Charles Arthur, who tells us that um, until their demands are actually met, um, some of the conditions have actually been met. But until they are fully met, they are not calling off the strike. But we are hoping that in the coming days, um, something would improve and then subsequently these students could um, not really under this current impact. Well, that's my colleague Emmanuel Bright Quick with there. We'll stay a while longer in the Ashanti region and the electricity company of Ghana has attributed recent power cuts in the region to what it terms are the restoration of redundancy in power distribution. Now, part of the region have in the past few days experienced intermittent power outages with some areas plunged into darkness for nearly uh, 12 hours. Well, this situation is adversely impacting some businesses and livelihoods. My colleague Nana Boachidankwayadom has more in this report. Since Friday, major parts of the Ashanti region, especially the regional capital, Kumasi, have been experiencing intermittent power cuts. The development over the weekend left some residents perturbed. Some residents who spoke to Joy News expressed their worry about the intermittent power cuts and its impact on their businesses. It has been worse. It has been worse for me, especially my work, because I do put my things in the fridge before I realize. It's, it has it will get well so the doing so is not easy for us these days especially those who are sewing the same dresses they are also suffering a lot my fish my sausage my stew and my vegetables because the heat they cannot contain it especially this month it has been worse the whole of this week it's continuous even this pastor who is preaching over there since last year has not been able to preach because of light out he will come and go back you'll be here about 5.30, the recent power cut has been affecting my business. I could not even open my shop due to the power cut yesterday. Government must do something about this. Three days ago, I slept without light. My children and I slept outside our house. The issue is worrying. We do not know why we have to sleep in darkness without any notice. Government must sit up. But the Ashanti South ECG general manager, engineer Frederick Kabrabidiakon, says the issues are internal and not from people or their power generators. But then again, we would also want to disabuse everybody's minds.
of the fact that these are not um, issues that are coming from either Gridco or any generational shortfall. These are internal ECG issues. Well, we'll take a quick break here on the Midday News, live on Joy, 99.7 FM in Accra, in Kumasi on Love, 99.5 FM affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. The Midday News, as always, is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience, also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank, where, where Dura Plus goes, water always flows. Also this afternoon, we've been talking about an undisclosed but huge sum of money that led to a near festival in Parliament between us in North MP Kennedy Ohenye Japong and Botiano Amam from MP Sylvester Mensa. We return from the break with sports and also females from the Savannah region are the most fertile and their counterpart in the Greater Accra region are the least. And details are from the Ghana Demographic Report on Fertility and Family Planning, which reviews an alarming rate of childbirth in rural areas. People who have no education, so no assignment, no workload, no burning of the midnight oil, so all activities. I tend towards the other, therefore they produce more. We have details of that and more. Do stay with us. Budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel in full quantity. And with all the conviction and excitement in his heart, he goes on his knees, holding out the ring and pops up the question, Will you marry me? And there she goes, handing him her hand while sweetly responding, Yes, I will. This will be the story of that lucky couple who will initiate their forever journey come the 14th of February in the proposal on Joy Valentine promo. It will be a night of love, sweet melodies, beauty, pleasure, affection, loads of giveaways and many surprises. Everything will be on the house. If you wish to join us on the 14th with your partner, please reserve a seat by sending your names to zero. 055-1111-997 and hashtag Valentine on Joy. We will get back to you with your registration code. If you also wish to do something special for your partner that night, please let us know and we will make it happen for you. Motorola Ghana will be giving out some sleek phones and souvenirs while Achadia has some beautiful love hampers to give away. The proposal on Joy FM is brought to you by Motorola Ghana and supported by Labadi Beach Hotel, Proposal GH and Achadia Fier. The proposal on joy. Love is indeed beautiful.
Thanks for staying with us. Let's do sports. Thank you very much, MFI. Uh, quite an interesting story. Good news, of course, because it seems uh, Ghana is ready to host the Africa Games because uh, the president, Akufado, he has commissioned the Botiban Sports Complex for the upcoming competition. Now, the facility constructed at a cost of $145 million includes two multi-purpose halls, a tennis mini stadium, an aquatic center, and of course, a six-lane athletic track. Today, our country can be proud of the massive sporting infrastructure we are put in place for the Games, which will be a huge legacy for the country. In its 57 years of existence, this is the first time that Ghana is hosting the Games. Despite Ghana being under the leadership of our first president, Kwame Nkrumah, a founding member of the African Games. The question is, why has Ghana not hosted the African Games until now? The answer is simple. There is a time for everything. And this is our time. Well, that's uh, President Akufaud and the competition starts on March 8th. Okay. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Do you have a Valentine? No. Better. Well, get out of here. Let's move around with the latest uh, from the world of sports. Now, females in the Savannah region of Ghana are the most fertile for childbirth, accounting for 5.8% of the total fertility rate in the country. The Greater Accra region is the least with 2.9%. Well, this is containing the latest Ghana demographic report on fertility and family planning released by the Ghana Statistical Service. Well, the same report also identified the Savannah, Northeast and UT regions for having uncontrolled childbirth during a period under review. Deputy Government Statistician Dr. Faustina Frimpongangwa says the results um, offer policymakers raw data for effective policy planning and implementation. From the rural areas and urban areas, the urban as currently is 3.2 children and then the rural areas is almost 5 children. That's what is pushing it to the 3.9. Who are those contributing? Somebody says Savannah. And so when you look across the country, my region, the savannah they mentioned, is topping 5.8. And you see the northeast, northern, and savannah. Remember, it used to be one region. And now, when they have just been hived off, we see that northeast was the one maybe previously shooting northern region fertility to go up there. But still, the rest are not doing well. 5.6 is one child bigger than that of um, the northern region. And so, Ghana Health Service, if you can look at my people, Savannah, Northern, Northeast, OT area there, if you push their figure down by one or two, drastically, the rate across the country will push down. Well, it's also emerging that more and more educated women are pushing their childbirth to their 40s. And again, good news for Ghana, it seems that within Ghana, we, our trend, the hip, is on 25 to 29. And so what we call is that is the late fertility. Early fertility is when you see it occurring at 20 to 24. And then broad is when it spreads from 24, even up to 34. And by age 40, people are wrapping up. And then the 45 plus them, sometimes it's just a pension baby, it's a mistake, or somebody who throughout their life has never had a child and therefore will go all length to be able to get one. 
And so Ghana is pushing to late fertility. So we are delaying our fertility of having the much bulk of us giving birth very early in the life cycle. That's a deputy government statistician, Dr. Faustina uh, from Pongaingwa. Well, you want to stay uh, with us uh, for more uh, of um, the details of this statement also on myjoyonline.com. Now the culture of teenage girls trading sex for fish in coastal community of Halfasini in the Jomoro district of Western Region is commonplace. The girls beg for fish during substantial catch and return sexual favor as payment to the fisher folks. It's termed as fish for sex in the local community. Join us, Stanley Nibleu has more. <laughs> Halfasini is one of 26 coastal communities in the Jomoro municipality of the Western region with prevalent teenage sexual exploitation. Its vibrant shore attracts lots of town folks daily when canoes that go for fishing expeditions land ashore. On occasions where the fishermen have a substantial catch, teenage girls who come to the beach to beg for fish for their families' upkeep become the target of sexual exploitation as every fish they receive from the fishermen is paid back through sex. As a result, teenage pregnancy and single parenthood are a common phenomenon in the community, with little being done by local stakeholders to address the situation. The practice is termed by indigents as fish for sex, and this is confirmed by the deputy manager of the Jomoro Fisheries Commission, Irene Obing. So due to that, you know, then we sleep with you. The girls are young, so the fishermen take advantage of the situation and have sex with them. Well, that's Stanley Blow's report, and it's time for MNJ. Listen to this. Well, it looks like you're talking Valentine's Day today. Yes, mm-hmm. MFR, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So yeah. today is like a pre-Valentine's Day something, you know. Oh, okay. So Joy FM, our superstation, is having proposal on Joy. Mm-hmm. And I've been speaking to Adam Naite on what um, everyone should expect. Let's listen. have not well, even seen pipe on water in the last two well, years. In some areas for two years. Just like you rightly said, we opened for entries and we were saying that if you have been seeing somebody for some time and you're planning to propose to them, why don't you let us, you know, help you do it on Valentine's Day? Oh, we are expecting love. 